Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255 or text 580-580. With Frank Napolitano and Paul Rushforth, here is Steve Gregory. Like another week of vacation, Frank. (laughs) It really is. How many uh, weeks has this been now? I don't know. It's been too long. Not man. enough. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, he's probably not out Black Friday shopping. No. No. I don't even know he's what his wallet looks He's sad like, Saturday so. shopping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dora is here. Hello, Dora. Hello, everybody. Wow, what a busy, busy day we got going on. Lots of news, eh, this there week? There is plenty of plenty news of to news. talk about. Mm-hmm. And more coming. More coming, obviously, so... More mortgage news, you mean? More real estate news? Everything. I think. I. I, I think we're in a we're in a state of influx where mm-hmm. there's changes. Everybody's realizing that. You know, I think even our government is realizing Canadians are really struggling out there. Uh, speaking to a few friends of mine who are adamant shoppers, they held back tremendously this week on yeah. Black Friday. Like they wanted nothing to do with the shopping. They're, you know, they're saying things are tough out there. Mm-hmm. Like we don't need. You know, what we used to get was bonuses. We don't need these bonuses anymore. We're just trying to hang on. And I think a lot of, you know, I, I, I live right by Tanger. And when I got off uh, yesterday and even when I got on um, earlier on in the day, I remember years where it would be lined up on the Queensway. Yep. Nothing close to that this time well, around. Well, they said people yeah. are buying necessities this year. Exactly. I think the things so. That you're, exactly. You want. Well, I think I think there's because of the uncertainty, we're not really sure where things are headed, and I think some people are in in trouble right now, and other people are are I guess learning from their trouble and and keeping their wallets pretty close. Luckily, the government has come to the rescue. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and if you read the stories, it's like federal government creates mortgage stress test relief. They haven't created anything, have they, Frank? Zero, zilcho, nothing. We already had it in place where if you had an insured mortgage, you can switch without the stress test. So that hasn't changed. If they really want to help Canadians, they don't need to requalify. If if you're already a mortgage holder, you shouldn't have to requalify to go from one institution to the other if you're just leaving your mortgage the way it is. Requalify with the stress test, you mean? No, even without a stress test, you shouldn't have to requalify. If you're making your payments and you're on time on your payments, why do you have to go through the process to go from one lender to another on an insured mortgage to provide all the income documentation over again, do a credit check all over again? Why do you have to do that if you're already maintaining that mortgage, it's already insured, and you find a better rate somewhere else? Why shouldn't you just be able to move that mortgage from one institution to another without having to go through any of the paperwork? It gives the consumer the advantage. That wasn't in there. They made a lot of proposals, we're going to call them, because extended amortization... Well, they're all proposals. These are just yeah, guidelines. They're, they're not right? laws. Because they're the banks not. don't know about them. That's the right. The banks knew nothing about yeah. them. Because when I asked them, they said, we don't know yet. I know she said it, but we didn't know anything about it. We're, we found out the same time you did. So let's pick these off one at a time. Temporary extensions and the amortization period for mortgage holders. What does that mean? I think what's happening is we've seen a lot of those variable rate mortgages where now they've exceeded 40, 50, 60 years in amortization. And I think the government's concern is, well, if if they come up for renewal in next year, let's say, and all of a sudden, because you've had the payments that haven't changed as interest rates have gone up, now your amortization's gone up. What they want to do is they want to say to the bank, don't bring them back to the original amortization. Allow them to state that amortization is what we think they're proposing. 
because they haven't put it in fine print yet. So well, that could be 50 but, years. But, yes. So, so does that mean home ownership is just going to change completely as we know it in Canada? Like, well, it, I, I think in those circumstances, what the government is saying, and, and listen, I think the government has figured out that if interest rates stay where they are and they don't come down as substantially as they need to over the next 24 months, then Canadians who are renewing their mortgages will choose to stay in their house and now will also choose not to spend any money outside of their house, which in essence damages the economy tremendously. Mm-hmm. So we may not have a housing crisis then, but we'll have an economic crisis from a standpoint of... People won't go out to eat. People won't go to events. But isn't that what people they're trying to create money. now? <laughs> well, you would think based on, on on what they're doing, but they shouldn't be because people are – we're going to start seeing the unemployment rates go up. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're going to go up quite a bit. And now we're going to have high interest rates and people unemployed. So that's right. even a, a bigger recipe for, for disaster. Yeah. And then here come the layoffs on top of that. Of course. Yes. We're already seeing yeah. them by the banks. The banks themselves who are yeah. still making record profits are laying off. So if they're laying off, what do you think is going to happen to the average company that is making less? Particularly now after sort of, you know, the busiest retail time in, in the year. Yeah. If we don't see the sales that we're anticipating, Correct. if we don't see as many people going out to eat, all of those small businesses are going to be dramatically affected. And Correct. We'll find and a out good January, February. That's for right. Sure, yeah. yeah, and a good chance that the unemployment rate may not go up tremendously in the next month or two because a lot of people are taking part-time jobs right. for retail to help out during the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. But those jobs are going to disappear in January, February. And yeah. as as we know, not only does the retail industry suffer in January, February, but the the food industry suffers a lot too because that's when people don't go out as much. So. Mm-hmm. So switching lenders only for insured mortgages? No, no, you can switch. But no, no, no. I mean, without having to go without, through the without stress test, only for insured mortgages. Yes, only insured. right now, right now. Why is that? Because it's insured. So the way the government looks at it, they've already paid the default insurance. So why do they have to go through through the stress test? Now that's been in place apparently for years. Just nobody knew about it. Then yeah. all of a sudden, it yeah. So brought. why is it in this then? <laughs> because they needed some well, good it's, news, it's I think. Just so they had six points of interest. Yeah. Uh, requiring banks to, to contact people four to six months ahead. What the heck is that? <laughs> I think they're doing it, or some banks are doing it. Some banks are waiting till later. I think I would caution Canadians. If we're heading into a downward interest rate trend, which I think we're, we're heading full steam ahead yeah. into that, then don't let your bank talk you into renewing early at this point. Because you're likely coming off a very, very, very good interest rate, not as good as the ones that are available today. So they might tell you they've got a smoking deal for you, but it's smoking for them, not for you. So make sure you understand which way it goes. Um, But this is more about preparing Canadians four to six months ahead of time so that they know what they're facing when their mortgage comes up for renewal so that they can be better prepared and not the last minute. I can't afford this. So... That's what it's intended to do. That being said, I will say that mortgage brokerages' share of business has increased tremendously because of the advice and information that most mortgage brokers are able to provide Canadians that the bank institutions just cannot. The banks are laying off, like like we talked about a minute ago, laying off left and right, and they've got a bunch of people that work at the branches, work very hard, but they're generalists, not specialists. So. Mm-hmm. Any advice that they give them is is based on what the bank is telling them to say, which is, in many cases, unfortunately, again, I was a part of it for 21 years, what's in the bank's best interest and yeah. not necessarily mm-hmm. what's in the client's best interest. 
lump sum payments to well, a, without penalty. First of all, <laughs> can you not? People are hurting. Can you not? Most most people can do what? 15% yes. a year? Yeah. Yeah, most yeah. banks are anywhere and, between 10 and 20. Royal right. Bank, I think, is a 10, but most of them are 15 or 20. So, And most people can't afford to do that is, anyway. That's right. This is assuming that people have some spare money and savings. Yeah. Why is that even in, in that? Like. Well, that's yeah. The that's whole purpose is that people are hurting. It, it, people, yeah, that's right. Some got you can't pay it. your mortgage, but it, you can you make can a lump sum payment. Yeah, it, it defies yeah, You're going to be in trouble. So all that's that right. money that you don't have, you can use that. That's yeah. right. Instead of keeping it for sort of the day to day emergencies, day. the rainy day. Yeah. So that one is just a line to pad it. Whatever. Here's yeah. one that I found really interesting, yeah. and I bet the banks are going to find this one really interesting too. Wave interest. When mortgage relief measures result in mortgage payments that fail to cover entrance payments on a loan. Yeah. I don't know. Last I checked, the banks were all about making money. They lay off 2 or 3% of their sales force while they're making uh, $10, 12000000000 billion in profit because they need to make more money. So I don't see banks having a heart and saying, hey, we know you're in trouble, but you know we're going to waive the IRD of $24,000 because you're in trouble. I don't see that happening unless... Unless we've got the government that's giving it to the bank, because the bank is saying we have a contract, they're breaking the contract, the rules of the contract. Why we should, why should we waive penalties? And if they're in trouble, they're in trouble because they use credit cards to wrap to get in, themselves in trouble. It's got nothing to do with my mortgage. That's what I see the bank saying. But what about waiving the penalties for for getting out of the mortgage, wow. the three months interest, the in, in certain circumstances, again, this is where they haven't told us what the circumstances are. Did the banks know about this? The banks have no idea what the circumstances are. So perhaps uh, it's if you have to sell if you can't if you can't close. But then, are they going to mandate it? Because these are these are guidelines, right? These are not fast rules for the bank. So it's it's yeah, a very bank is saying it's well, what happens? Very now. ambiguous. If you're in default of your mortgage now and you have to get out, do you still have to pay those oh, penalties? A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. You're pay- like, trust me. Don't ever, if you can avoid it, don't ever get into power sale. The minute that banks, legal departments get involved, thousands and thousands and thousands of admin fees start to pile up and, and pile those up. Legal expenses and the legal expenses, the legal expenses yeah. that the bank, because the banks don't go out there and get, you know, the little no, law they firms. They pay full pop, sure. They yeah. pay full, full pop. Like they go to the really lawyers of the lawyers, the best law firms to, mm-hmm. to handle them for them. And those lawyers aren't $150 an hour. Those law right. firms are in the neighborhood of $700,000 an hour for everything they do. So mm-hmm. it's not cheap. Now, they said they're going to reserve the right to make further changes. What further? First of all, they really haven't made any changes. But what further well, changes could they be talking prompted about? Prompted discussion, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's exactly <laughs> what they're doing. It's good for the right? show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's exactly what they're doing. You know what? OSFI's got um, – OSFI's scheduled to make some – some announcements in early December, about the same time the Bank of Canada will probably uh, pause the Bank of Canada prime rate. And, and actually, hopefully, the verbiage that follows it will be, okay, now we're in pause mode with the hopes that, depending on what happens with the economy, we'll start to see prime come down. So, But OSFI is supposed to make some announcements. Again, we propose as an association um, you know, some of the changes that we'd like to see, which incorporate – why 2% above posted rates if we're at the peak of rates? Why do they have to qualify 2% above that? Um, so hopefully they can they can look at that. I don't expect a lot, to be honest with you. Uh, the problem with, with our system is that we're behind and we only act when something goes wrong. So an example is 
you know, during the crazy period of mm-hmm. when real estate was going nuts and people were buying homes without financing or home inspection clauses, there was a lot of talk about a a, a mandatory home inspection right. because we were going through it at the time. Yeah. Yeah. But now that we're not going through it anymore, that talk has totally disappeared. Yes. It's not there anymore. Yeah. And it's almost like it's it's not relevant. And it isn't because a lot of the offers today have home inspection clauses. Yeah. But why aren't we addressing it now instead of waiting for the market to get hot again, those home inspection clauses not to be included because the market's hot, and now we're we're in the same position as we were two years ago when we could have avoided it. No difference on the foreign buyers. Foreign buyers were taking up all the properties. What do they do? They implement a tax to foreign buyers, and then they just they can't even buy anymore. Yeah. So, right. but they should have done that before. Kind of like the time change, yeah. you know, it's only yeah. something to talk about twice a year. Yep. and, yeah. and that's about it. it. And well, that's it's, it. That's just, the problem. It's too reactive, right? And, yes. and 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 history tends to be cyclical in in real estate and mortgage environments. And if we don't address an issue, then we're sort of faced with the same problem again and again and again. Speaking yep. of reactive, I want your reaction to the TD Bank forecast for real estate. We'll talk about that. Okie dokie. Five two one talk. Five two one eight two five five. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back. Dora's here. Frank is here. All right, Dora, here we go. (laughs) TD Bank updated its forecast. Now they're calling for a 10% drop in home prices from now through the early part of next year. 10%. September, they had forecast 5%. Right. Now they're saying 10%. Right. What do you January say? January going to be 15? What do you, yeah, no <laughs> kidding. What do you say? Um, I say that if you, that's, that's Canada-wide, right? Right. So their predictions are Canada-wide. And in Ottawa, we are a very different market than Toronto and Vancouver. And so if you take Vancouver and Toronto out of that equation, and I think that their price adjustments are going to be much more aggressive than the rest of Canada. Well, let's you... take all of Canada out and just look at Ottawa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so let's take all of Canada out, just focus on Ottawa. We have a very, uh, we have a very robust uh, market. We have a lot of, you know, people that we have low unemployment typically, and I don't think that we're going to see the same changes. We will see a drop in pricing, I think, but I think it will be much more tempered. The prices are holding steady in Ottawa at the moment, and people who purchased, you know, in the last few years are trying not to sell at a loss, and so that is keeping the prices up quite high. Our inventory levels, despite being at 3.8 months, up from 3.1 months from a month ago, are still much lower than they have been historically. If you look at, you know, 2016, 2015, we had 6.1 and 4.7 months of inventory. And so with the low inventory and, you know, there are going to be some people who park and who decide not to move forward on any purchases between now and the new year. So that is going to drive some of the prices down as inventory creeps up and people are obligated to sell for whatever reason. But I don't think that we're going to see decreases anywhere close to what the TD Bank is. Did you say inventory has gone up from 3.1 to 3.8? Months of inventory. Which is exactly the opposite of Of inflation. inflation. Yes, it is. I know. I was going to mention that. Yeah. It is exactly the opposite of inflation. But, uh, well, um, that's just a, a weird fact. Totally weird. <laughs> completely random. Completely random. But, uh, but it's, uh, I mean. It, so you it, think prices will hold or maybe decrease 
a small amount? Well, historically, because of seasonality, prices tend to decrease December, January, anyway, right? So let's assume that that's going to happen. Let's assume that there will be some people who decide not to go ahead and purchase. And so as the inventory creeps up, it's supply and demand. There is more supply. There is less demand. The prices are going to soften. Will they come down 10%? I don't think so. I don't. That would be a lot for Ottawa. It would be it would be so much for Ottawa. And I mean if you compare us to other markets, like if you we're still one of the most affordable places in the country to buy homes. If you look at the average price of a condo in Vancouver, I think it's hovering around eight hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah. The average price of a condo in Toronto, seven hundred and fifty thousand. The average price of a condo in Ottawa is about four hundred and thirty thousand. So we don't have that much room and we have a very, very, um, we have a lot of employment and we don't, we don't have a lot of unemployment, I guess I should say. And, uh, and we're still very affordable. So if somebody is looking to move, if somebody can't afford the, their lifestyle because of their mortgage payments in different parts of Ontario, we are seeing people migrate to Ottawa and have interprovincial moves here. And and it still remains a very very robust market. Or leave or or leave the Torontos and Vancouvers altogether. That's we're right. seeing we're yeah. seeing Alberta's right. population, yeah, yeah. Well, but even Alberta's here. population's going way up but, because what you get in Alberta oh, compared to what you get in in BC are night and day. So <laughs> so we're seeing that. I think on the Ontario side, we're seeing a lot of people move to the Maritimes. So the Maritimes population's going up because on people in Ontario that could work from home don't have to go into offices or saying we can move to the Maritimes move and get a house for yes. 50% less than what we're getting, what we're paying here and, and, and we can afford it. Yes. Now, yeah. the minute we start to get drops in interest rates, do you see the values of homes going up quickly? I think so. I mean, if you look at what happened this past spring where we saw a slight, you know, the pause, hold, yeah, the pause. Yeah, we yeah. saw a pause and all of a sudden that gave everybody all this optimism to go out and buy. And we saw a small resurgence of you know, prices increasing of activity of all sorts of things. And so if we see a pause and then we have sort of the temptation of of hearing the words that, you know, the interest rates are going to come down, I think there are a lot of people that have been on the sidelines a long time that will jump back into the market. And I think that will cause a temporary sort of very, very aggressive blip. We will see an increase and then it will temper off. And I also think TD made those predictions on the assumption that Tiff Macklem is going to continue to be stubborn with not lowering prime rates. So so I think TD's assumption is that Tiff Macklem is going to hold fort, hold the fort and not drop prime until inflation gets closer to that 2% number, which could be well into the end of the, this coming year, 2024 and into 2025. So for those I, reasons... It looks like it's going to be sooner, though. If we went from 3.8 to 3.1, I don't a disagree. lot of that is real estate. I don't disagree, yes. but Tiff Macklem's that's why I said on December 6th or 7th when the Bank of Canada next announcement sixth, is, yeah. the 6th, it's going to be interesting to see hear what he says following mm-hmm. what the why he's leaving the pause. Because most a lot of economists think that Tiff Macklem's stubbornness to get that inflation closer to 2%, and yes, we've seen it come down tremendously, but there's more room for it to come down. As we get into the high twos, you'll, you're going to see that it's going to come down at a much slower pace. And again, there's some unknowns Unless there. Unless we go I mean, into a recession. Yeah. We right. don't know what oil is going to do though, right? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, if they if they pull back on, on producing more oil, then the price of oil goes up and therefore inflation goes up. So there's things that are out of his control. But again, there's a lot of economists out there that think that Tiff Macklem is going to hold off as long as possible before starting to lower prime. 
Hence why TD is saying people are going to get more and more and more in trouble. Mm-hmm. More mm-hmm. mortgage renewals are coming up. Yes. And therefore, we're going to start to see more inventory on the market. And because there's more inventory, we're going to see the price of homes come down. But inflation's yeah. dropped 5% in just over a year. I don't disagree. Yeah. And I think we've done, we've gone in the right direction now. We only had one direction to go. Eventually, yeah. we hit that peak and we were only going to go in one direction, which we have. The hard part is coming now to get yes. from that 3.1 down to that 2% that Tip Macklem Yeah, but he seems to be backtracking on that a little bit. He is, he is, and I think somewhere in the two. So if if we can get to that 2.5%, I think that's when we're really going to start to see him start to become aggressive at lowering rates. But he's going to do it very calculated because the last thing he wants is to lower interest rates and then the inflation goes back above three. So so he's going to be very careful the way he does it. The longer the pause, the more people in Canada are affected and, and, you know, the, the... less money there is in the economy to spend on other things. And the things, more the economy right? goes into the toilet. That's right. Yeah. And with mortgages coming up for renewal over the next two years, so many. a so lot many. of yes. mortgages. So, so many. many of them. Yeah. Big, big trouble. Big, big changes. Big numbers. Yeah. Like big, big numbers of mortgages because, again, we're, we got to 2020 and 2021 mm-hmm. when interest rates hit all-time lows. So, again, those are the ones that are going to be impacted the most because – they're the ones that are going to suffer because they they bought the ones that yes. bought bought at the peak, mm-hmm. yeah. and if the values come down a little bit, then then that's where they're going to hurt. Five two one talk five two one eight two five five. We can agree on one thing: everything is big today. Big, big, big. <laughs> we'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show. On News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back. Doris here for Paul. Paul is in uh, Toronto today. Yes, he is. Doing the hockey thing. Yes, he is. Hockey dad. Extraordinaire. How does kids didn't play hockey anymore? I don't know what's going on with him. Excuses. And when I'm away, I still call in. Not, not that I love ha- having you on the show, Dora, but... <laughs> Which means know? last year you called in 300 times. No, easy. <laughs> easy. 280. Yeah, yeah, easy. I'll never forget you and COVID, boy. That one, that one and a half years where you couldn't go oh. anywhere, it was oh. like, oh my God, yeah. poor Frank's got to spend the winter here. I think yeah. I came in the summer, I, I came downtown and got you a coffee just because yes. I just, just for right the fun the, of it. Right before the show, I got here at like, <laughs> Steve was coming in the studio, yeah. so I got here at 10 o'clock and I waited, the show's at 11, at 10.15, I gave Steve a coffee and mm-hmm. then went and then all left. the way back home to Snitsville <laughs> and Isn't called that in. amazing? <laughs> amazing. Well, Would you have done that for Paul? No. Hey. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> Hey, so we're the last weekend in November. Pretty safe to say next month is going to be the slowest of the year? It it may, but I will say that just in my own experience and with our brokerage experience, um, November seems to be busier than October was which oh, really? in, in, in real estate, which is interesting. Um, the last week specifically, uh, in terms of listings, we are, you know, we're at 47.75, so just down about 100 from last week, not a 4, big difference. 4,775. 4, wow, it wasn't long ago. It was less than 3,000. That's right. It wasn't long ago. The inventory has crept up very, very quickly. Um, you know, in, in 2021, uh, we were looking at like, you know, less than a month of inventory, and, and now we're at the 3.8. But uh, um so in terms of numbers, we're at 4,000, just shy of 5,000 units for sale. Um, 
December tends to be very quiet. People have different priorities than than housing. If you're going to make a move in December in the next two weeks, for sure. Definitely. But, you know, the people that are looking in December, they're really looking for houses. So if you have a buyer who is looking or asking to come in and and see your house in the month of December, as inconvenient as it is, please do let them in, right? And make the house bright and make it cheerful and and make sure that that buyer has every opportunity to come in and look at your house. Should have a little less competition, don't people will start to remove their listings as we get into deeper into December for a week or two, three weeks? We do see some listings getting suspended over the holiday period, but I think this year, given that the number of days on market is, has increased a little bit and there are some people who are in situations where they do need to sell, mm-hmm. they may be more flexible. So I'm not really sure where we'll go there. Now, I don't know if I'm just driving less, but I don't see as many private sales signs anymore for homes. I, 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 I don't know that this is the greatest market for that, right? It's uh, coming down to, to being able to negotiate and knowing the market and not knowing, you know, the market in Canada, the market in Ottawa, the market um, in your specific neighborhood. I think it's very difficult for people who are trying to sell their homes on their own. Um, I mean, it's possible. Everything's possible. But it's... Uh, yeah, I just don't see it, though. I used to see a yeah. lot more. Yeah, I don't know. I can't say. Yeah, yeah I see a lot of for sale signs. I mean, again, I mean, we've it's been quite the roller coaster the last three years, but... Boy, I'm really starting to see a lot of open house signs when you drive around on the mm-hmm. weekend. So we're starting to see the open houses start to ramp up again like they used to. Uh, and you're seeing a lot of signs, a lot of a lot of the not only the for sale sign on the lawn, but what I've noticed a lot of is at the corners, a whole bunch of there's an open house down this street and multiple yeah. yes. ones and yeah. not just one, yeah. but multiple ones yeah. for a three, four block period to say that there's houses. Because they're sale, working so. harder. They have yeah. to. They yeah, have well, to, so. the open houses are they're they're tricky, right? Because the the chances of somebody who who knows a lot about your house coming in through an open house versus somebody phoning um, an agent and really really getting the details of the house, one or the other, you know, two schools of thought on on how successful they can be. Yeah, I always thought open houses were more for agents, anyways, to get new listings. Yeah, there, I, I, no comment. Yeah, no, <laughs> well, no, that was my you know, perception. I think, yeah. You know, I, I think, think as they're, consumers. They're, that's that's what I yeah. felt too. Yeah. It's like open houses are for nosy neighbors to see what the house yeah. looks like in some cases. And, you know, I've heard real estate agents say, yeah, hopefully the neighbor has friends that want to move into yes, this neighborhood. Course. Nah, they just want to see what the house looks like I mean, it, compared to their own so that they know what their house is yeah. worth. How many kitchens cases. they have. Oh, come how much on. plastic is yeah. on there. Oh, come it, on. It, 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 come it does on. facilitate. It does facilitate people, you know, being able to go out and look at homes without any added pressure. However, um, consumers have changed, right? So two o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday, a lot of families right now are not interested in going to look at houses. And yeah. they're making appointments throughout the week when they can really focus on the house. They can take their time. They can be in the house alone with the agent and really get a feel for the house. And with virtual tours now, really. That's I mean, the you difference. Can, you, can, you can see just about That's the difference. But, you know, you said without added pressure. I, I don't know. I mean, I think there's still a little bit of pressure when you go in, the real estate agent who's representing you, you know, are you looking for a house? So I think that there's, that's the part that I think some consumers are turned off by. They just want to go into the house and see it and not be asked a dozen questions, yet realtors will ask the curious a dozen questions. Yeah. And, and some of them are legitimate buyers that are out there. They just don't like being hassled. To, to get information when all they want to do is look at a house. Sure, but if you are a buyer, the services of a realtor 
do not cost you. Did you a say penny. realtor? I did. Realtor. <laughs> realtor. <laughs> There's no O after Al. Realtor. Okay. So, so, all right, I digress. Not so that I would if, point if, that out. If, if, uh, no. If, if you are purchasing a home and you do not have representation, I just don't understand it. I mean, it does not cost you anything. You have somebody who is your advocate. You have somebody who is educated in the market, who is an expert negotiator, who can show you the ins and outs of everything. So if you are not using somebody, I just don't understand it. And if you're not, boy, you could be taken quite easily. All of a sudden you're going, oh, well, it seemed like a good idea to me. It seemed like a good deal. I well, had... You have nobody really on the other side telling you, let's take a look at this and let's see what's happening it's also, in the neighborhood. Our job is to take the emotion out of a purchase, right? Our job is to take the emotion out of a purchase and to make sure and, and not only listen to what you are saying as a consumer, but really hear what you are saying. Like if you are moving because you need to be close to work or you need to be close to transit or you need to be wherever, it's it's very important not to get bamboozled by a couple of very, very pretty things in a house and by you know, the bones of the house more than anything else. Yeah, surface things, uh, they, well, can, they can easily fool you. They, but they're, they're, they're wonderful. I yeah. mean, the, what's the most important thing you can do when you're going to list your house? Paint it. You're going yeah. to paint it. You're going to make it feel airy. You're going to, you know, do some changes to the lighting. You're going to open the drapes. You're going to do all sorts of things. And those are lovely, and they make the house shine. Put away your toys. That's Put right. Put lemons on the counter. <laughs> always, lemons make the house always. look so good. Hey, Dora, do you see listings all of a sudden being set for less amount to try and get a whole bunch of people to bid more? Are, are you seeing that or – well, I think I think in some cases to prompt interest, um, though, you know, the way uh, bidding wars, uh, we've we've known bidding wars and bidding wars will have a whole new meaning come December 1st. Uh, there are rules that are coming into place next Friday where multiple offers are about to change. Um, if you've ever been involved in a multiple offer, you know that as a buyer, you are entitled to uh, to two pieces of information. One, how many offers there are and two if there are offers from the listing brokerage. But uh, starting December 1st, uh, sellers will have the option to go to um, to go from closed offers to open offers, meaning that any point in the negotiation, sellers can choose to disclose parts of the offer to the other parts buyers. Parts of the offer. That's right, parts of the offer. Mm-hmm. So the buyers might get the opportunity to know the contents of other buyers, and that is in price, it is the conditions that are in the offer, it is closing dates, and any combination that a seller chooses to disclose. So the, the buyer will have no say, and the seller will be in control of the bidding process. And at any point, they can go from open to close, close to open, disclose some things, not disclose other things. So if things. you go three rounds, it could be different every round. It could be, oh apparently. Goodness. So Steve and I, I think both of us are on the same page, are our biggest peeve while the market was going crazy was when a real realtor would, <laughs> would, would call a realtor would call an o. <laughs> would call their their buyer and say you're in the top two or three do you want to change your bid I mean that drove me mad because if I'm number one why do I have to change my bid I should only have to change my bid if I'm number two or three right not number one 
clearly because you you couldn't disclose. You couldn't disclose. You couldn't disclose. Now you could, but why would the seller do that? The seller would say, you know what? Tell the top three that they're top three and see if they want to sharpen their pencils. And then number one is having to sharpen their pencil when they don't have to because number two and three might say, nope, we're at the top. Number one's going to bid more when they're already going to get. But that won't necessarily change with this. No, that's my point. It won't change. Like that's what I thought was going to change. Like open it up so that consumers had at least a fair playing field. But they, you you will know the details of the pricing. So it Assuming will, they make it open. Assuming they make it open. Yes. Because they may assuming, not make it open. Assuming they make it open. But the other thing too is even if they if, if a seller chooses to have an open offer situation and has the prices disclosed, they may not disclose the conditions. Yeah. So the price may be more favorable, but the conditions may not be more favorable. So then you are looking at portion of the offer as a consumer. And I think too, you know, negotiations are a key aspect in any real estate transaction and and skilled realtors can, can secure favorable deals uh, for their clients. Um, and, you know, understanding your local real estate market is so, so important and will be even more important now that, you know, negotiations are changing and thing, the way we are doing things is changing. They're there to protect the consumer. All those new rules that are coming in. You know what, there. though, in a world of, of we need buyers, we want to help buyers, this does nothing to help buyers. This helps the seller. It well, gives the seller the advantage, a huge advantage, well, whether the they choice, want to open or right? close, yeah. whether they want to disclose anything. Sure. So a buyer still kind of is on the sidelines and hoping that the seller is going to do what's right. And well, if it can change with every offer, yeah. if you're going two or three rounds, then yeah, you're, seems, you're really still yeah. in the dark. Yeah. Well, you, you are, but I think as a buyer, a lot of the frustration I had from, from buyers when we were going through you know the, the craziness of the last couple of years was you didn't want to feel like you were overbidding, right? So if, if a seller chooses to have an open negotiation and does disclose the prices and there is one price that is wildly higher and then the other offers are all sort of in line, you can maybe feel more confident as a buyer. But that's where you really need to rely on a professional to to help you and to guide you and to and to, you know, make sure you're not in a situation where you're not paying something should you get in trouble that you can't resell. But as a listing agent, what would you recommend to the seller to open it up or keep it closed? Well, I think it it will depend on the pricing. So getting back to to Frank's original point, if you are pricing the house under where you think the market value should be, then perhaps make it open because then you're sort of auctioning the house. I'm not really quite sure, right? Like I'm not sure what you're doing there. Yeah. And you're not but really using But then it's only going up skills. by small increments. Right. And so it, I think it really depends on the individual. It depends on the house. It depends on the condition of the home and also the amount of interest you've had. I mean, th- this is assuming your homes are – the homes are going to get multiple offers. We're not really seeing too, too many homes going well, to no, multiple Well, no, now's the time to bring it in, right? That's right. Because nothing's happening exactly right. to your point earlier. I'd like to see open bidding. You know what? Everything's on the table. You list a house for six ninety nine because it's worth six ninety nine. And listen, if somebody's bidding six seventy five, six eighty, you don't have to take it. It doesn't matter because you've, you want to sell the house for six ninety nine. But the minute you get to that to that point, it should be open bidding – and and the buyer should be able to say, okay, like somebody's outbid me at seven hundred, I'll go to seven hundred two, and I think that that would be more fair because then everybody's in the open, as opposed to going to seven fifty. Uh, correct. Yes, that's my point. But I mean, yes, I I agree for the consumer I for the buyer. Agree. I agree ish. I agree ish. Five two one talk five two one eight two five five. We'll be right back ish. <laughs> 
We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back. All right. I got a question for you, Frank. I know the six-month mortgages are always more expensive. Mm-hmm. But why is it 7.5% compared to 679 for a year? That's a big spread. Well, so here's, again, you're talking about corporate decisions, right? So if you take a six-month mortgage, so the bank is going to do all this work for a six-month term, and then at the end of six months, you're going to find a better rate somewhere else, you're going to leave. So the bank is saying, well, then we got to price it higher because otherwise we're doing all this work and just making six months worth of interest. So that's the reason behind the six-month. The one year, the two year, the three year, you'll see that they're higher, but that's as a result of the bond markets being, they're really just, they're just reversed right now where generally speaking, historically, the one year bond pays less than a five year bond. The longer the term, the higher the rate of return. Because we're heading into a so-so recession, we don't know if it's going to, how deep it's going to be, but because anytime that happens, it's because we're heading into downtimes, and when we head into downtimes, the short-term bond markets go up, the, the longer-term bond markets come down, and therefore we see the inverse on mortgage rates. So, so should fixed rates be lower this week than they were last week? They should have been already. Now that being said, we had a little bit of a roller coaster ride this week with uh, with bond markets where they came down at the beginning of the week and went up slightly at the end of the week. So overall, I mean, it's been a pretty flat week which I shake my head at because all you see is negative news, negative news, negative news, and yet the bond market is really stubborn and just staying up there. But there's going to come a time when all this negative news is all going to start to impact the bond market. We're going to start to see the bond market come down, and we're going to see the fixed rates come down. The banks could give about a quarter percent right now, but it's the beginning of their fiscal period because they start November 1st. So I think in many banks' cases, they're saying, you know what, we can – uh, you know, this is our slowest quarter, so let's see if we can start off the quarter with a little bit more profit, and let's keep the spreads a little bit higher for us at this point. What effect does prime rate usually have on the bond market? Uh, very well, it impacts it, but it, it's a lagging. So, in other words, what I think will happen is we're going to see the bond markets start to come down because the bond markets react to what's happening on in the economy. So as we start to see the unemployment numbers go up, as we start to see our inflation number come down, as we start to see the GP number again, turn negative like it has, then the bond market eventually starts to catch up and we start to see the bond markets come down. Where bank bank prime rate is as a result of what Bank of Canada thinks. Yeah. So even though we're seeing some downturns, Bank of Canada could still be stubborn and say we're, we're still holding still for another four, five, six months. So we'll see the fixed rates come down before prime comes down. And when will they come down, the fixed rates? Fixed rates? Next well, week? Week after? I don't know. You know what? I mean, uh, it changes so Cautiously much. Cautiously optimistic. <laughs> if you watch it, it is it is crazy to watch the bond market the way we do, most of us on a daily basis, where in the morning it's down five points, and then by three in the afternoon it's up three points. And it's just – but there's no rhyme or reason behind it in a lot of cases. So – you know, it's long term. It's not about short term. We see the short term blips, but really we have to look at it over a month to month period. And we have seen it come down over the last month, about 35 basis points. The banks have given back about 15 of those basis points. So there's still about a quarter to play with. Uh, and as we start to see them come down, hopefully gradually over the next couple of months and then a little bit more aggressively as we get into early spring, keep in mind the banks get more, much more aggressive on their mortgage rates over the spring and summer yeah. than they do mm-hmm. the winter and the, and the fall. So Birthdays. Birthdays. I've got a couple. My uh, 
uh, one of our top agents, Erin McDonnell, celebrated her birthday this week. And then my beautiful niece, Bianca, my first niece, who is expecting her first child in January. So I'm going to be a great uncle, I guess. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, her birthday is today, so happy birthday to Bianca. How old is your granddaughter now? My granddaughter. <laughs> oh, oh, my beautiful granddaughter. <laughs> oh, 10, 10 days old. I got amazing. to spend two hours with her yesterday. So. Amazing. Dora. Uh, not much from my end. How do we get a hold of you? Uh, Dora. Being Ab- the realtor you are. <laughs> I'm not going to live that one down. <laughs> um, so uh, Dora at paulrushforth.com. Frank N. At Mortgage, at mortgage Brokers, brokers Have a, gr- have great, a great, great weekend. Bye, have a great everybody. Great weekend and support local businesses and charities.